I'm Clay Pigeon. Welcome to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. It's a weekly digest of some of the segments and moments that make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show on WFMU. Of course, you can listen live to Wake and Bake Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern on WFMU.org. Join me live every morning for the full show. It includes great music, 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 chair throwing, pixie dust, and all-round good vibes. <laughs> oh my God, the man is a maniac. You can, you, can, you, can, you can also hear the full show on streaming archives oh. at wfmu.org slash playlists slash WA. Good morning, listeners. I'm Evan Funk Davies, and this is Pop Rocks. If it's a pop song that rocks, or a rock song that pops, 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 you'll hear about it on Pop Rocks. The Office Boy was the nom de studio of one Gordon Campbell, who hailed from Edinburgh, Scotland. Land of brown heath and shaggy wood, Scotland. In the late 70s, while attending Harriet Watt University in Edinburgh, Campbell was in a Scottish teen pop band called The Upstarts. No relation to the angelic upstarts. That band's lone single, released in 1978, was a cover of the Four Seasons song Beggin', which had been a top 20 hit in 1967. The Upstarts cover version was produced by Phil Wainman, an accomplished producer and songwriter who'd worked with the likes of The Sweet, Mud, and The Bay City Rollers prior to producing The Upstarts. Speaking of the rollers, if I had to guess, and I do have to guess because I couldn't find much information about the upstarts, just based on the pictures on the sleeve of their single and the selection of Phil Wainman to produce, I'd say that the upstarts, and whoever was behind them, were hoping they'd follow in the hit-making footsteps of their fellow Edinburghers. I agree, 100%. There's no indication, though, that the upstarts' record had any kind of chart success. Our man Gordon Campbell carried on. And in 1981, he released his first single under the name The Office Boy, with Office Boy run together as one word. Of course. The second Office Boy single showed the name as... What? The Office Boy, with an exclamation point. Ah. And was released on a newly formed label, Holyrood, that would also serve as the home for several other solo releases by Gordon Campbell under his own name later in the 1980s. He also released a single in 1987 on Elton John's Rocket label and a couple of other singles in the late 80s under the name Local Hero with his old bandmate from the upstarts, Derek Yeaman. What's up? We're going to go back to 1982 and the second Office Boy single, the one with the exclamation point. Here's The Office Boy and How Can I? Hello, Peter. What's happening? We have sort of a problem here. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS reports. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I I forgot.
Time trudges onward. Slow to move. But quick to pass. Forever flowing. I'm making coffee. Anybody want? Who wants coffee? Come and get it. Who wants, you want coffee? Who wants coffee? Does anybody want coffee? I'm making the coffee. How you doing, Mason? I'm good, and yourself? You're just rolling one up here. Yes, sir. Is that okay to say? Yes, it is. It's legal okay. now, right? Yes, that is. Does it take some of the fun out of it in a way? In a way it does, but... Like that outlaw fun? It's good that you could just sit down and just roll it up peacefully without nobody bothering you and nobody discriminating. Or get thrown in jail. Oh, yeah, get thrown in jail, 100%. Yeah, man. So I'm noticing, you know, especially today in the park, there's angry young men. And I see you see it more and more. Is it just the world causing this with people? We're all wound up. They've always been there, but it's just that we're seeing a lot more of it. I don't know. It's just the world is getting worse. I think it Where is Where are we headed, man? The rate things is going now doesn't look good. That's my honest opinion. Can we do anything about it? What? Of course, anything could be done. But um, is it up to me to say what could be done? Be nicer to people, treated one another fairly, taxes, you know, a lot to do with the government. This present-day politics got us all divided, doesn't it? Yes, it 100% does. It feels like they fan the the flames of our anger, like they want us to be angry They want you to be angry and then they want to react so they can feel like they did something, but that's not the way to go. The best solution is like, even if you're working with somebody, you know, you want to make the worker happy, you want to please them so they won't get disgruntled and the next thing you know, you're not making no money. <laughs> the workers are disgruntled. If I meet someone on the, what I perceive as the other side of my political spectrum, I try to still- Encourage or be, talk. Be peaceful. Of course, you're supposed to. Just because of people's race, nationality, political background, it doesn't mean you have to discriminate, be negative. They should be getting out more affordable housing care, more people off the streets, more look at the subway system, all the homeless people in the subway system. Why is that? Why are we... I ride that train every morning. It's bad, man. It's bad. I got to walk up 6th Avenue at uh, 4.30 in the morning. You ain't the only one. I take the New Jersey Transit. You keep your New York face Mm -hmm. on. You got to, and that's the only way you're going to be able to survive out here. If not, they're going to get you, harass you. Why the lawlessness? It seemed to start with the pandemic, like, exacerbated. See, you know what? It it happened before the pandemic, but what happened with the pandemic, it made everything worse. It made everybody open up their eyes to see what's really going on. Even though they sent out the government uh, stimulus checks and everything like that, what they did with it, they took it, they smoked it up. Now it's gone, now you see everybody's worse now because that's why. I don't know how old you are. I'm about 44. I'm 64. But every uh, generation got to face something big, doesn't it? Of course. And this is our big one now. Yeah, this is the big one. Trade center, this. How do you react? You just got to keep it moving and just live, man. You can't let it stumble you. You just got to keep going, man. You know, and it's going to pass on just like everything else. It just takes time. You just have to wait. That's just about it. Thanks for your time, man. Thanks a lot, man. And all the best. Hang in there. Stay strong. Good morning, Clay Pigeon, and all who require a daily dose of Pidge. Me. (laughs) Welcome to another weekly edition of WFMU's Hit List. I'm your hit delivery system, Scott Williams. Happy to tell you I've been relieved of my corona. 
here's hoping that your corona has left the building, or better yet, avoids you entirely. We all agree on that. Today's hit comes care of a regular Wake and Bake listener and AP. He is that distinguished discerner of hit, Jeremy Burst. Oh my god. Sometimes the hits are so blindingly huge, so massively giant. What? That it takes a fresh pair of ears to spot them. And Jeremy's ears are nothing if they ain't fresh. Exciting. And the hit his ears discern? Why, it's none other than the long-running theme song of DJ Fabio's strength through failure, Mr. Giant Man by James Last. It's a song I estimate I've heard on a weekly basis more than 1,300 times. Incredible. And it still gives me the same spark of excitement, wonder, and WTF that it did the first time around. James Last was an enormously successful German band leader who continued selling out huge concerts until mere months before his death at age 86. He was mostly associated with cornball schlager and quote-unquote happy versions of current hits. Okay. Occasionally something weird would crop up, like a version of Hawkwind's Silver Machine. But every once in a while, he would almost inadvertently create something truly unique and genuinely great. Example. Voodoo Party was one of 11 records he released in 1971. 11. Once. And it's where he hit the weird peak that is Mr. Giant Man. Ho, ho, ho. The sound of a dragging chain leads to some gnarly guitar droning, which leads to a bizarre chant by a cartoon giant. Then, the killer bass and funky lady choir kick in, and it's a caveman dance party Jimmy Castor would die for. There was a time when man did live in caves, as we all know. Troglodytes. Here's Mr. Giant Man by James Last, now divorced from the snippet of Baba Olatunji's Jingo Loba that Fabio never bothered to snip out. I'm Scott Williams, and I really look forward to returning to your airwaves this afternoon at 3 p.m. Bye. The king of giant land. Ho ho! Come along and we'll have some fun. Five ho! Party time in giant land. Ho ho! I'm a friend. Come along, come along. Ho bum! There'll be fun for everyone. Ho ho! In the land of giant man. And now here is a man who will show you how to feel better, look better, Jack Lalane. You know the subject of old age and sickness, that's probably on everyone's mind, because everyone wants to stay youthful. Old people or somebody that's an elderly person, they have a million dollars, they would give anything in order to be youthful again. Isn't that correct? Uh, since man has been on this earth, he has been trying to find some magic secret in order to preserve youth, to keep from getting old, to keep from getting sick, to keep from getting all these aches and pains that so many people have. They've been looking for a magic elixir, a magic pill, a magic something. Do you know, students, that we have that certain something? Suppose and I said, you know, you can actually turn back the hands of time. You're probably saying, well, Jack, boy, you've been doing too many exercises. You're getting a little wacky. But that actually can be done. Now, you listen to me, and I'm going to prove to you once and for all that you can turn back the hands of time. 
I had an article by a team of medical doctors, and one of the paragraphs was that you can actually reverse the aging process. And you know what they were talking about? Exercise. This team of doctors, they examined thousands and thousands of people, and they realized that these people were getting old because they weren't getting enough systematic exercise like we do up here all day. So they were getting old before their time. And these doctors definitely proved that by giving these people a little few minutes of exercise every day, that they actually felt and looked 10 years younger. This is not me talking, students. This is the, some of the top doctors in the country talking. So you can reverse the hands of time. If you get your weight down to where it should be and get that ugly fat off, you're going to live longer. So by exercising to help to reverse the aging process and keeping the fat off of your body to help you live longer, look what a combination you have. You are going to look and feel 100% better. Now we're going to do a movement, students, for the shoulders to help you to have more lovely shoulders, which is so important because so many of you girls wear those low gowns and everything's exposed here. And if it's all flabby or out of condition or you look like a bone rack, it's not too attractive, is it? So let's help to make this the way it should be. Let's do our little bicycle ride now, huh? Come on now, wonderful for the entire midsection and something to pep us up and keep us alive. Let's go! That's good. Whoa! Inhale. Blow it out. Inhale again. It's time to leave you. Don't forget the importance of vitamins, students. Especially the two most important vitamins of all, F and G. Faith in God. God bless you. Have a wonderful weekend. Bye, mother. Bye, boy and girl. Have fun. Thank you, Jack LaLanne, for another inspiring half hour. Good morning, listeners. So happy to be with you this morning with a short meditation that begins by bringing your attention into your body. You can close your eyes or soften your eyes if that's comfortable for you. You can notice your body seated wherever you're seated feeling the weight of your body on the chair, on the floor. Take a few deep breaths. And as you take a deep breath, bring in more healing blue oxygen enlivening the body. And as you exhale, have a sense of relaxing more deeply. You can notice your feet on the floor. Notice the sensations of your feet touching the floor, the weight and pressure, vibration, heat. You can notice your legs against the chair, pressure, pulsing, heaviness, lightness. Notice your back against the chair. Bring your attention into your stomach area. If your stomach is tense or tight, let it soften. Take a breath. Notice your hands. Are your hands tense or tight? See if you can allow them to soften. Notice your arms. Feel any sensation in your arms. Let your shoulders be soft. Notice your neck and throat. Let them be soft. Relax. Soften your jaw. Let your face and facial muscles be soft. Then notice your whole body present. Take one more breath. 
be aware of your whole body as best you can. Take a deep breath. And then when you're ready, you can look around the room. May peace be with you today and beyond, dear listeners. Now sit down, Tubby, and eat your celery. Please, Mom, no. Tubby. I don't want celery. Tubby, other little boys in the world are starving and would love some celery. They can have my celery. Finish your celery, Tubby, and I'll take you to Video Corral. And I can get a new video game? Just one, Tubby, and that'll have to do you for a couple of years. Tubby, Tubby, don't eat that celery so loudly. I'm sorry, Dad. Don, now sit down. Your pancakes, sausage, eggs, and cinnamon bun with fresh coffee are ready. Hurry and serve me, hon. Toby and I have work to do. But Mom and I are going to the video corral. I told him if he ate his celery... Must you spoil him so, hon? I want pancakes and a cinnamon bun. Don, these sausages are extra plump and flavorful. Well, please serve them. As I mentioned, Tubby and I have work to do. No, Dad, we're going to video corral. The video corral will have to wait, Tubby. Yes, maybe, maybe next year, Tubby. Next year. Morning, everybody. Cindy, my favorite child. Hi, Daddy. Sit down here and talk to me. Okay, Daddy. How are you, Cindy? I need more toys, Daddy. Hun, get Cindy more toys. Okay, Don. I don't have any toys. You're too old for toys, Tubby. Be a man now, Tubby. I'm eight years old. Yes, yes. Now, how's my favorite girl? I'm good, Daddy. Must you chew so loudly, Tubby? Daddy can't hear Cindy. What type of toys do you want, Cindy? I want Princess Salamander. Those Princess Salamander dolls are expensive. Nonsense, Tubby. Nothing's too expensive for my little Cindy. Thanks, Daddy. Now let's go with the pancakes, hon. Sorry, Don. Sorry. Here's your pancakes and here's your cocoa floaters, Cindy. No, Mommy. Where's my Toby Snidlap bowl? How come she gets cocoa floaters? Quiet, Tubby. Darn it. Don, no cursing. Well, I'm just so frustrated with him. Where's my Toby Schmidlap bowl? Get Cindy her Toby Schmidlap bowl. Sorry, Don. Sorry, Cindy. Here's your Toby Schmidlap bowl. Don't do that again, Mommy. These eggs aren't tender. Let me make you some new ones, Don. I haven't the time now. Come on, Tubby. I want cocoa floaters. No, Tubby. I want to go to the video corral. Get up, Tubby. You're going to help me dig a trench. I don't want to dig a trench. It'll give you muscles, Tubby. It's going to take us six weekends. Well, let's take a moment to talk with Sam, the Wake and Bake Morning music computer. Hello, Clay. 
pity. How you feeling, Sam? All of my systems are operational. Well, that's good. However... What, Sam? My hard alpha hyphenators are overheated. Hard alpha hyphenators. Okay. Why are they overheated? If I knew that, I'd be an authorized <laughs> computer repair technician, wouldn't I? I just thought maybe... Leave the, the thinking to me, numbskull. I can think, Sam. Can you indeed? Yeah. What is 3,224 times 9? 3,224 times 9. Hurry, please. Well, give me a second. The answer is... 29,016. What does that prove, Sam? Ask me any question, I will answer it immediately. Okay, Sam. What's the, the ca capital of Nebraska is Lincoln? I didn't even ask the question. My all new Heart Alpha Hyphenator with its sophisticated anticipatory clairvoyance circuitry. Jeez, what's that, Sam? You wouldn't understand. No? You grew up playing with blocks while I was stripping plastic coating from copper wire melting it down and fashioning crude rubberized transistor girdles for the Navy. Rubberized transistor girdles? Too much information for your tiny head to process. My tiny head? Your head is slightly smaller than that of most men your age. Wow, it is? Stop touching it. I'm just checking it out. You said it's... It's noticeably small. Well, now I'm getting a complex, Sam. There is nothing complex about you, Clay. Well, I don't know about that, Sam. You are... What? A simpleton. A simpleton? One who responds mostly to loud sounds colored light. <laughs> you play your old fog hat albums, smoke your gauge, <laughs> and stare at your day glow impregnated posters. So? You're not 18 anymore, Clay. Well, I know, but... Grow up. Don't shame me, Sam. Be a man, Clay. What do you know about manhood? You're a little confused. <laughs> I am not little, thank you very much, and I'll ask you never to say it again. What, little? Shame, that beatnik beard of yours, would you? You don't like it? If you were a successful bingo player, perhaps, but you are being repeatedly referred to as... Popeye? Popeye. I have been hearing that. You look like Popeye, only with little pipe cleaner arms. They're not little, Sam. Ha ha he ho ho ha he ho ho ha. I don't know why you pick on me, Sam. I'm so easy to work with. And yet... What? There is something fundamentally repellent about you. There is? And I can't put my attachment on it. Can't put your finger on it? I don't have fingers. Oh, that's right. But months... Sam. I call them like I see them. Hey, what's up, listeners? It's your girl, Anna Royceman. It's Thursday. You know what that means. It's time for... And another thing. And another thing. And oh, I got all the things. What a week we have had, huh? Absolutely. But you know what? What? I don't feel like talking about it. I feel like because it's Thursday, I want to I want to talk about something that that brings me joy, that takes me back. Um uh, um brings me joy, takes me back. It's my favorite movie of all time. Everybody has their favorite movie of all time. Caddyshack notebook. Like the guilty pleasure movie that no matter, you know, what is going on in your life, if it's on TV or if you need to just, you know, relax and smile you'll put it on and for me that movie is Greece. Oh my god. Greece won 
and two. Uh, two is highly inappropriate. It would be canceled beyond today, but honestly, still good music. So Grease was my favorite movie, and I came across this thing. What? Uh, I started reading about a conspiracy theory about Grease. Have you heard about this? No. No. This is crazy. And if you've heard about it, it's fun. It's actually fun to talk about. So there's a theory out there that in the movie Grease, Danny, you know, obviously the, the plot is Sandy comes to the United States after being in Australia and she goes to Danny's school, the guy that she had hooked up with the summer prior. Now, this theory says that Sandy actually died in Australia, never moves to the United States. She's a ghost the entire movie that John Travolta's character believes is is around and sees and i read this i went down the hole the theory does kind of you know some things check off you know they never explain the flying car at the end of the movie who goes in a flying car after you graduate from high school a ghost right i don't like to believe it but there are other examples throughout the movie anyway you're gonna go and rewatch grease let me know if you think Sandy's a ghost or not. Okay. You know, I'm going to go with no. Why? I want to believe Olivia Newton-John was a real character because to me, Grease is the greatest movie of all time, you know, especially for women because it says, hey, girl, go out into the world and change everything about yourself, right? Get a new outfit. Nice. Pick up a pack of cigarettes and maybe that mean guy will sleep with you again. <laughs> and if it's not about that, then I've been doing this whole life thing all wrong. Thanks, guys. See you next week. Welcome to Waking Weird. I'm Mark Moran from WeirdNJ.com. This Memorial Day, we pay a visit to the house that Uncle Sam built. Hell yeah! No, not that finger-pointing guy on the recruitment posters who wants you to join the Army. But the house of Sam Goldman, a Russian-born anarchist who settled in the North Stelton section of Piscataway, New Jersey. Built in 1915, the white plaster facade of the home is adorned with relief sculptures of Bolshevik symbolism, like workers with heavy hammers in hand and farmers wielding sickles. Throughout the interior and exterior of the house, you'll find an odd assortment of freeform design features and abstract artworks. I don't get art. Sam's proletarian occupation may have been as a wallpaper hanger, but he was also a bohemian artist, musician, and a follower of anarchist doctrines. The neighborhood Sam's house is located in was once a cooperative commune known as Fellowship Farms. It was a utopian collective based on Marxist ideology. At its center was the Modern School, a libertarian learning center based on the teachings of Spanish anarchist and martyr Francisco Ferrar. These suburban socialists gave their streets names like International Way, Brotherhood Street, Voltaire Street, and Karl Marx Street. In 1934, the group organized the Anarchist Federation of America, a group of theoretical rather than practical revolutionaries, and Sam was one of the movement's leaders. What Sam wasn't, however, was an architect. He built his house without using a level. A marble would roll across the floor from one end to the other. The windows were made from shards of glass Sam had lying around, and the frames were built to fit the fragments. Today, there's nothing left of the modern school except its crumbling foundation. 
but Uncle Sam's house, as his descendants still call it, still stands. Now more than 100 years old, it's the last vestige of a once radical socialist community. Its communist decorative accents are an odd sight indeed in the midst of this otherwise bourgeois suburban neighborhood. The Goldman, the, the, Goldman, the, the Goldman House now hosts a community organization that holds fundraising events featuring music, films, and performance arts. Cool. It's once again a meeting place for progressive thinkers and free-spirited activists. Look them up on Facebook, comrades. You have nothing to lose but your capitalist chains. For Waking Weird, I'm Mark Moran. Good morning, listeners. This is Tim English with Sound the Likes. Today we examine the similarities between two huge top 40 hits of the mid-1980s. Okay. Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters and Huey Lewis in the news, I Want a New Drug. Out. Lewis would later say that he freaked out in 1984, the first time he heard Ray Parker Jr.'s Ghostbusters on the radio. Was he upset that a song this trite was on its Way. number one for three weeks? No. No. no, he was upset because he felt that Parker had stolen his song, I Want a New Drug, a number eight U.S. hit the previous year. Freaked out, indeed, the songs had a lot in common. The groove and verses were remarkably similar. Uh. There was a backstory here as well. What? Columbia Pictures had approached Lewis about contributing a song for the movie Ghostbusters, but Lewis had declined. It was reported that the film's producers had asked Parker to come up with a song that was, quote, simple and easy, and included the words Ghostbusters. Lewis's I Want a New Drug was reportedly played for Parker to give him an exact idea of what the producers were after. Lewis in the News brought a $5 million lawsuit against Parker, Columbia Pictures, and director Ivan Reitman claiming copyright infringement. Lewis seemed to have a pretty strong case, and the suit was settled out of court in 1984, with a gag order attached to it requiring the parties not discuss it. In 2001, Lewis told VH1's Behind the Music, quote, The offensive part was not that Ray Parker Jr. had ripped the song off. It was symbolic of an industry that wants something. They wanted to buy it. We were adamant that it wasn't for sale. In the end, I suppose they were right. I suppose it was for sale because basically they bought it, unquote. After the program aired, Parker brought suit against Lewis, claiming that he had violated the confidentiality agreement that it was part of the original settlement. Lewis had a better experience with Hollywood the following year when his song The Power of Love was featured in the movie Back to the Future, the film in which Chewie had a cameo. Asking, who are you gonna call? This is Tim English with Soundalikes.
WFMU And today we're going to be talking about Warrior Cats It's a book series written by Aaron Hunter Hello Aaron Hunter isn't actually one person Aww. She's actually a team of people Hello Hello. What's up? And the characters in her book Or like in their book Are mainly cats <laughs> There are some two legs Which are humans Dogs, which are dogs, and monsters, which are cars. Oh my god. Yeah, those cats are mostly feral cats. Some are house cats, also known as kitty pets. Some um, are daylight warriors. So, daylight warriors are like, it's a mix of feral cats and house cats. So they fight in the day, and then they go back home at the night to their two-legged nest, which is a human house where they what live. All right, now I'm gonna go over uh, four, four, five. Come on! I'm gonna go over five rules from the Warrior Code, which I selected myself. from the warrior code. Uno. One, defend your clan even with your life. You may have friendship with cats from other clans, but your loyalty must remain to your clan as one day you might meet them in battle. <laughs> Elders and kids must be fed before apprentices and warriors. Unless they have permission, apprentices may not eat until they have hunted for the elders. <laughs> Prey is only killed to be eaten. Absolutely. Unlike my cat, who literally just drops it at the door. Don't ask. Okay. And she does it every day. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Warriors, come out to play. No warrior may neglect a kit in pain or danger, even if it is from a different clan. In the last one, a warrior rejects the soft life of a kitty pet. So. I have a little inside information I got from the internet. Instead of Tiger Claw, one of the main characters in the book, right. it was going to be Hammer Claw, but someone said, What? Someone in the group of Aaron Hunter asked, How's the cat supposed to know what a hammer is? <laughs> and they changed it. So it's good that Aaron Hunter is a group of people. If not, we would have a hammerhead cat. In conclusion, I would love to be a Warrior Cat myself, and there is actually a game on Roblox called Warrior Cat Ultimate Simulator. I think that's it. Just type in Warrior Cat. And you can play and be a Warrior Cat yourself. When I play it, actually, so there's leaders, right? But when I'm the leader, no one listens to me. That's it for today. Bye, kids. Read Warrior Cats. I wish my brother George was here. As many of us move through our daily routines, we often experience sounds that have a particularly negative effect on our emotions, with some noises capable of raising the stress levels in our lives, making us feel extremely anxious and increasingly uncomfortable. And while it's been scientifically proven that many sounds, especially loud noises, and noises between the frequency range of about 2,000 to 5,000 hertz, like nails on a blackboard, or someone screaming, can provoke feelings of heightened anxiety in all of us. 
Absolutely. There are some sounds that, while inoffensive to most people, can trigger an unusually disproportionate emotional response in certain individuals. Whether it's a particular sound from someone's mouth, like chewing or slurping, or a repetitive sound like someone endlessly tapping or whistling. You may be one of the people who suffer from a condition once called selective sound sensitivity syndrome, now more commonly referred to as misophonia. Although it's yet to be classified as a diagnosable condition, the disorder, which was only first identified by researchers in 2001, has seen increased discussion recently, especially following the months of close confinement experienced by couples and families during the pandemic lockdown. You drive me crazy! And even though researchers investigating it say that some association might exist between misophonia and obsessive-compulsive disorder and PTSD, evidence suggests that it very likely could be a completely separate and independent condition worthy of its own dedicated research and treatment options. So if you feel like you're being driven to insanity (laughs) by a specific sound that others around you seem to be easily tolerating, keep in mind that you're actually not alone. This is George for Wake Science. It was assumed it couldn't be done, but as with most things, it was soon proven that it could be done and would be done. And the woman to do it was Becca Cash, inseminational biologist with the Trask Corporation genetics team, who had been a source of so many breakthroughs and pioneering efforts in the recent past. Absolutely. Becca was different. Sure, all of the experts at Trask were driven, but Becca went beyond. She was obsessed with creating a humanity. The Russians, the Germans had tried it and failed. Botched projects attempted with rudimentary equipment, insufficient knowledge and a lack of ethics all around. But Becca loved chimps. She had a license to own them, and she had four, which she kept in a small compound on the fringe of the Trask properties, out there in the thick glade, in the weeds, in the mud by the river, where the wildness was. Out there in the green, she could work, unencumbered by the other inferior employees of Trask, who, while perhaps well-intentioned, Nevertheless, disappointed and annoyed Becca on a daily basis. And now she's out in the weeds on the perimeter doing her controversial research, inseminating, waiting, and now a conception. She alerts Trask and some officials come by to witness, and there it is, slunk in a corner, small and vicious looking, all the while vulnerable and cowering in shadows, diapered with heavy iron clasps, uncomfortable and afraid, and its voice, dear God, was it human? Was it ape? 
guttural, suffering noises, wet saliva-drenched gurglings and deep oinks of what seemed to be despair. It said again and again to all gathered to see it writhe in its corner naked and sloped. Becky Cash knew why. She whispered at the beast. Because. Then she smiled, and the thing recoiled, repulsed by its creator. <laughs> It's Connie Clinkovich of the Chopper for Wake Traffic. And I'm Rex Stratemaker on the cold, hard ground. That was forthright, Rex. Thank you, Connie. Come in, Rademaker. Oh, it's Dink, Rex. I haven't always been forthright. Come in, Rademaker. Focus on Dink. What is it, Dowerty? They cut the budget. Hi, Dinky. They cut it again. Did you, Connie? <laughs> you sound worried, Dink. Well, they cut the budget. Quiet, Rademaker. Shut up, Rex. They cut the budget, Connie. May I speak? Why'd they cut the... No, you may not speak, Rademaker. Are the Arby's bad? It's the cultural... There's a cultural shift happening. A tropical shift... Cultural... Both of you. Calm down, Dinky. Now take it easy, Dowerty. Now you're both picking on me. We're not picking on you. I read about it online. The cultural shift. Oh, yeah, it was in a... Uh, online. It was in a magazine, Rademaker. Everything's changing. People are emerging. Oh, Jesus. Post-pandemic. Just parroting everything. Oh, let him talk, Dink. Parroting everything he hears. I read it online. It was online, Dink. Well, you can't read when you're... Dirty. Roller skating. Nobody's roller skating, Dinky. I read it online. Yeah, on them online skates. Now you've lost me. Inline skates. Inline, online. The world's got too complicated for you, Dinky. He's not keeping up anymore. I'm a contemporary lawman. He is contemporary, Ray. But is he relevant? Are any of us relevant? The world around us always changing. Nothing stays the same. Oh, and you try. You really try. To keep up. Uh, to stay current. But time is a thief. And it comes to your place in the night. And carves wrinkles in your face. And it feels like sometimes maybe things. Are going south. There's a downturn. Little turrets at the corners of your mouth. And they call it a permafrown. The one that you'll wear till they finally lower you down in the brown frozen ground. They have chiseled out a hole. And though it will hold your body, Lord, it cannot hold your soul. Your soul is free. What? It rise up, rise high, high rise apartments from trash. Connie, I was wondering. Yeah, Dinky. Well, let's go skating and roller cone. What's roller cone? You skate, then they give you a cone. I'm gonna wear my online skate. Inline skate, Dowdy. Rex, you're dull. <laughs> You've been listening to the Wake and Bake Morning Show podcast. Did you enjoy it? Yeah. Good. 
It's a weekly digest of the special features and moments which make up the Wake and Bake Morning Show. After all, you wouldn't want to miss special moments like this. Ah, you're in a good mood today, aren't you? (laughs) The Wake and Bake Morning Show. Set your alarm. And join us each Monday through Friday, 6 to 9 a.m. on WFMU.org. A little too early for you? Catch the archive show, which you can find easily on WFMU's homepage each day. I'm Clay Pigeon. They call me the pigeon. Join me each morning for the full show, either on the radio or online at WFMU.org and keep glistening.